Well, good morning. Welcome. It's glad to have you all here. My name is Greg Vaccaro, one of the pastors here. It's nice to see you here. Nice to see you online. And don't you love the rain, huh? And who's glad they did their yard work yesterday and not today? Yeah, that was me. I'm a little sore. I probably should have taken two Advil. I was talking to someone else, Michael, that did his yard work yesterday. He's feeling it. So, you know, two weeks ago, we celebrated Easter and the fact that Jesus is risen. Amen? Amen? If you can get the slides up when you get a chance. Last week, Pastor Ed preached on water baptism, and we celebrated with 10 different people that right here, you know, were baptized uh, in water. It was, it was amazing. And by the way, if you got baptized last week, we've got certificates for you at the Connect Center. It's a day you want to remember. It's a significant day when, when we come to the waters of baptism. And Ed mentioned uh, the Greek word for baptism, right, is baptizo, and that means full immersion, right? So, so that's why we had the tank here. I was in the tank, and, and yes, I was baptizing, but it's Jesus that, that comes, and it's, it's him that we submit to. But we did it as full immersion because that's what the word in the Greek means. And this morning, we're going to talk about another kind of baptism. It's Holy Spirit baptism. And the same way that we baptize people in water full immersion, the Holy Spirit decides to, desires to fully immerse us in who he is and in his power. That's what we need. We, we can't live the life that he's called us to live without the Spirit of God residing in us and moving in us. So this morning I've titled my message, Why Jesus Went to the Father. And I'm going to start off by beginning reading from Acts 2. It's uh, the Feast of Pentecost. So let's take a look at at what happens in Acts 2. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. I mean, this is a crazy scene that's going on. We'll talk a little bit more about the history of what was happening, but the disciples and and all the believers were in this upper room, and all of a sudden, God shows up like a mighty windstorm. Now, I've never been in a tornado. I don't know about you, but I've heard that when tornadoes come, it sounds like a windstorm or like a freight train coming, like the... I can't imagine what it would have felt like to hear the presence of God as a mighty windstorm. But it captivated them all. And it's not like, okay, you were worthy. God's spirit fell on you. You weren't worthy. You know, Thomas, you doubted. Sorry, buddy. You know, the Holy Spirit's not falling on you today. No, it fell on all of them. Because that's how God is. He comes and he fills us. Everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. So supernatural, yes. Amazing, yes. But there's something else that's going on that I think could be hidden if we don't dig a little deeper. So Pentecost was one of the three Jewish holidays where everyone that could was invited to go back to Jerusalem and travel. So Palm Sunday, why was Jerusalem bustling? Because it was the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booze. That's why Jerusalem was filled up. On Pentecost, it happened every year. It wasn't like Pentecost was only, no, this is a, a national holiday. Pentecost, all the Jews are there. Everyone's, the, Jerusalem is bustling, and Pentecost means what? In the Greek, it's Pentecostus, and it means 50th. So 50th what? 50 days? What, what, what is the, what's the 50? It's exactly 50 days from when Jesus rose from the dead to when Pentecost happened. And you see, there's so many things that are in Scripture that are pointing to Jesus, 
And the Jews didn't see him, and sometimes we don't see him either. We've got to dig a little bit to find the truths. But 50 days later, after Jesus rises from the dead, Pentecost happens, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes. Because God is pointing all mankind to Jesus. He's been pointing ever since the Old Testament. He's saying, don't miss it. Remember the Tower of Babel? Remember the story in the Old Testament, Tower of Babel, where God confused all the languages? Or he confused the people by giving them many, many different languages. They, they couldn't build a tower up to heaven. Now, this amazing time in Pentecost, all the disciples supernaturally are speaking in a tongue that's not theirs. But the, Jerusalem is filled with people from this land and this land and this land, all speaking different languages. And now, in one accord, they're hearing the gospel in their native tongue. Like, how cool is that? God wanted everyone to be united around his gospel and, and around his presence. And that's what happens at Pentecost. So to help us understand this idea of why Jesus left to go to the Father, what's, what is this Holy Spirit coming and filling us? I want to go up to the 50,000-foot level if I could, right? And, and I've got a little flow chart. Don't you love flow charts, right? Um, just a little idea to, to try to help us as we're looking through Scripture this morning. I want us to understand what time period is the Scripture uh, talking to and, and how does it all fit together. So period zero is going to be before Christ. Period one is when Jesus was here on earth to the time when Jesus rises from the dead. Now, are these periods, do you find them in the Bible? No, I made them up, okay? But uh, it's trying to give us a handhold to understand Scripture as we read it today. What time period did it come from? So period one, Jesus is here on the earth to Jesus rises from the dead. Period two is this time from when Jesus rises from the dead to, to Pentecost. It's a 50-day period. But in this period, Jesus had been, he, he had risen from the dead and he was appearing to disciples. He was still on earth for 40 days. So during this period, Jesus ascends to heaven and he tells the disciples, we'll, we'll read about it later, he tells them, wait in the city. Um, wait in the city till you're clothed with power. And that's what Pentecost was. So that's period two from when Jesus rises from the dead to 50 days later. Now, what I didn't tell you, and I'm going to ask you a question this morning, is how many days was it from when Jesus rose from the dead to when he ascended into heaven? It's not 50, because 50 was Pentecost. It's something less than 50. That's my only hint. How many days was it? It was 40. Are you sure about that? Is that your final answer? Or do you want to phone a friend, you know? Um, it is. It's 40 days. 40, has a, 40 means something significant in the Bible. It's a period of testing or preparation. Moses fasted for how many days before he went to Mount Sinai? 40, 40 days and nights. Right? The Israel wandered, Israelites wandered in the desert how many years? 40 years. Jesus fasted in the wilderness for how many days before he became public in his ministry? 40 days he was in the desert. So 40 is significant because it shows the fulfillment of Jesus' promise that if he leaves here, he's going to go and prepare a place for his disciples. He's going to go and prepare a place for us. And then we have period three, which is Pentecost and, and following. All right, so do you remember period one? Jesus here on earth till when he rises from the dead, period two. He rises from the dead to Pentecost, period three, Pentecost on. All right, period zero is Old Testament before Christ. All right, so in this period one, while Jesus is here on the earth, we have John B. Anybody know who John B. is? John the Baptist, thank you. So John the Baptist says something about Jesus that no one's ever said before. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who's greater than I am. 
so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be a slave or carry his sandals. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Up until now, no one had ever heard of the baptism and the Holy Spirit. But John is telling them, look, you're watching me dunk men. And I'm dunking you so that you can commit your life to Jesus or commit your life to God. Jesus wasn't on the, on the scene yet. But John tells him, there's someone coming after me. I don't, I don't hold a candle to him. I can't even untie his sandals or carry his sandals. But he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So that's what John has to say about the, the Holy Spirit. What does Jesus have to say about the Holy Spirit? Again, in this period one, while Jesus was here on earth... A couple of verses in John 16, Jesus says, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'm going to send him to you. And then earlier in John 14, it says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he'll remind you of everything I've told you. So this is why we see that that Jesus had to go to the Father. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if Jesus was still here on earth today? I mean, come on, get real. Jesus, come to my church this Sunday, right? Kevin's already told us he'd probably be at 1269 if he came to Manchester. I don't know if he'd be coming to Shiloh. But Jesus goes where, where, where people are, where people need him, where people have an open heart. But he's saying, hey, I can't remain here forever. I've got to go to heaven. But it's better for you if I go because I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send the Holy Spirit to you. So now what else did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Now I'm going to move to period two. So this is the time period after Jesus died before Pentecost, right? It's before he ascended to heaven because he's still here on earth. And Jesus, is, he's appeared a number of times to his disciples, but here he appears to, to his disciples and he says this. He was eating with them and he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. So this is the day of his ascension. This is 40 days after he rose from the dead. He's finally going up to to heaven for the last Uh, you know, last time that he's going to be here on earth. So the last thing that he tells his disciples is, guys, I want you to wait in the city. Wait until you're clothed with power. We know now that was a 10-day waiting period. They were waiting. How many of you would be waiting 10 days? Right? If Jesus said, wait, would you wait a day? Jesus, all right, it's two days, three days. Like, how many days do you want me to wait? They waited for 10 days for what Jesus said because he said "There's, there's, there's a gift that God has promised. It's the Holy Spirit. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So why does the Holy Spirit come upon us? Why do we need him? Jesus was very clear. Because after this, when you receive the power, you're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Right? If we ever needed power of the Holy Spirit, we need it today. We need it now. Each one of us needs the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we know that New Hampshire is the least church state in all 50 states. Right? We need the power of the Holy Spirit that we could be his witnesses. So now I want to look at something else that happened that Jesus did. It's, it's earlier. It's before he ascended into heaven. This is another thing that he said to his disciples. We find this in John 20. He says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he breathes on his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. 
right? This is a really interesting passage of scripture because if you read it at face value, you're like, hold up, what's going on here, right? Jesus hasn't ascended to the Father yet, but he's breathing on them and he's saying, receive the Holy Spirit. But wait a minute, didn't the Holy Spirit fall on Pentecost? Yes, he did. But here Jesus hasn't left yet and he's telling his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe what's going on here is the, Holy, the, the disciples are coming into a, an encounter with Jesus. Like when we encounter Jesus and we say, Lord, I want to believe in you with my whole heart. I want to proclaim your name, that, that you're Lord in my life and we receive Jesus as Savior. That's what's going on. The disciples are coming into a relationship with Jesus and they're receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, if it, if it perks your ears and you're like, wait a minute, can they forgive sins? No, only Jesus can forgive sins. What Jesus is trying to say here is you have the privilege of telling people their sins are forgiven when they come into relationship with me. That's what's going on. We have that same privilege. If, if I talk to you about what life in Jesus means and I say, look, Jesus died on the cross for your sin and mine, but you have to die to yourself and, and receive what he says and believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth to be saved, then all of your sins are forgiven. Right? I have the privilege of telling you that just like you have the privilege of sharing Jesus with someone else. Jesus is talking to his disciples that day and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? When we, when we enter into salvation, we receive Jesus. We, we, we proclaim Jesus as Lord. But guess what? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are how many people? They're three and one. So if you get Jesus... You're going to get the Holy Spirit. You're going to get the Father, right? It comes as a package deal. You can't just get one. Jesus is saying, receive the Holy Spirit. That's when the disciples are getting saved. So what about us? When do we receive the Holy Spirit? Jesus says this. It's God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. Actually, not Jesus. This is Paul in 2 Corinthians. He's commissioned us and he's identified us by his own Placing the Holy Spirit on our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he promised. The first installment. See, at salvation, we get the Holy Spirit. That's the first installment. What's the promise? The promise is eternal life. God has given us the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we get saved. We enter into water baptism. That's another experience we have as believers. That happened last week. Today, we're talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's yet another baptism. It's a full immersion in God's power. Now, what we see is that there's a Greek word for, um, for power. I think it's on my next slide. Yeah, there we go. So what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Right? That's why Jesus told his disciples to stay, to be filled with power. So what does that word power mean in the Greek? The word is dunamos. It's dynamite. Right? Imagine, imagine dynamite. We're not talking about a firecracker here. We're talking about dynamite. Right? That's the power that God wants to give us. Why do we need that power? To have the boldness to go and tell others about Jesus. Now, I got a little bag of examples here. Let me just pull it out here for a minute. So how many of you have ever used a screwdriver to screw a screw in? Right? And you can imagine if you're screwing something in and, and you got a bunch of these things, man, you, doesn't your arm get tired after a while? Now, Jesus comes and he fills us with power. Now try to screw that screw in. That's what I'm talking about. That's power. Right? You could do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be hard. It's going to take you a while. But man, Jesus is saying, guys, I got a better way for you. Like, come on, come, be filled with the Spirit, get the power, and just imagine what you can do. Isn't that cool, huh? Yeah. 
I got to give props to Kevin. That was, that was one of his ideas as we were talking this week. But let me give you another example, right? Have you ever dug, dug a hole in your backyard for a, a post, uh, you know, put it in a fence or something like that, or maybe you want to plant a tree? What do you find in New England? We're the granite state, right? You get a lot of rocks when you dig a hole in New England. Now, if you've got a friend like I do, Nate Wheeler, and you say, Nate, could you bring your little excavator here? And he just, like, one dig, boom. It doesn't matter. The tree stump doesn't matter. The rock, like, one dig, and it's gone. That's the difference power makes. But you see, we're trying to do it. Oh, God, you know, I, I'm trying to be a Christian. It's so hard. It doesn't have to be hard. You just, need to, you just need to receive the power. God has provided the power for all of us. Now I'm going to look at period zero, which is the Old Testament, and period three, which is after Jesus has, uh, after Pentecost has happened. This is actually the day of Pentecost, right? And, and what we just read earlier uh, at the very beginning of the message from Acts 2, we're a little later in Acts 2, so the Holy Spirit has fallen. He's come upon all the disciples now. Do you remember that disciple Peter, the one that denied Jesus three times? Right? He wasn't a very bold person. I mean, it, it just takes a little servant girl saying, hey, I thought you were Jesus. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Right? A little servant girl calls him out for his accent. Peter denies Jesus three times. So the same Peter that denied Jesus three times after this happens at Pentecost where the Holy Spirit falls on them, everyone, all the disciples are talking in a different language to all the people of Jerusalem that have come back from different parts and, and they all speak different languages, but now they're hearing the gospel. Peter's preaching a message to him. This is what boldness looks like, right? Peter goes from one who denied Christ and now he's the first one to stand up and tell people about Christ. And Peter says this, these people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In these days, I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. So Peter's telling everybody, hey, this isn't just, this isn't just a one-time event. This is something that God foretold back back hundreds of years ago through the prophet Joel. And he's calling them back to say, this is something that God has. But, but Joel told us it wasn't just for the disciples. It was for all people, right? Your sons and your daughters. Even if you're a servant, doesn't matter. There's no class system like God says, all right, you know what, Eva, I'm going to put my spirit on you. Ed, nope, sorry, Eva's better than you. No, he says all people. He's going to give it to all of us. So in this period three, I want to give us two more examples of what we could look at, of God pouring out his Holy Spirit. We're just going to look later on in Acts and see, all right, what happened in the Acts of the Apostles? This is the day where they all received the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens a little later? How, how does the Holy Spirit work with other people? So we see one example in Acts 8. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. And as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers. What were they? They were new believers. They, were already, they had already been saved. They were new believers. And they would pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit hadn't come on any of them. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. So a little later on in our service, I'm going to give you an invitation. I'm going to say, look, if you have never received the Holy Spirit, if you know Jesus is your Savior but you want the Holy Spirit in power, we're going to invite you to come. 
And we're going to have people here to pray with you. Because why? That's the example that I see in Acts. That's what I see the disciples doing. They laid hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit. Let's look at one other example. This is Acts 10. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. How did they know that this gift was poured out? It says, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. So this is a powerful thing that happens. Many times when people get filled with the Holy Spirit, in the disciples' case in Acts 2, they spoke in different languages. It's like me all of a sudden speaking Russian, right? I don't know how to speak Russian, but if God wants a Russian person to understand the gospel, he could use me and, and have me speak Russian. I've heard of that on the mission field where people just speak in their unknown tongue and the other person that they're, they're ministering to understands them. But here we find a situation where they laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit poured out, and they started to speak in other tongues. So, so what is this speaking in tongues? Let me, just, let me just break it down very plainly. Right? Speaking in tongues, um, 1 Thessalonians says that we're, we're all made of a body, a soul, and a spirit. Right? So speaking in tongues is when our spirit prays to God in a language that God understands. That's all it is, very simply. Now, when our spirit prays to God... If you're going to hear it, it's got to come out of your mouth, right? Um, and it's a tongue that you don't understand. It's like, all right, where did this come from? It's your spirit praying to God. It's, it's very natural, although it's like, what's going on? No, that's God ministering to us. We find in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue, they're strengthened. They're edified. Romans 8, 26 says, When you don't know how to, how to pray, the Holy Spirit prays. See, the Holy Spirit is always praying. Holy Spirit in heaven and Holy Spirit here in my heart. He's always praying. When I give voice to that, that can come out as speaking in tongues. So why did Jesus go to the Father? So that he would send us the Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't be left alone here on earth. We receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved. You get Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We release the Holy Spirit in power when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is for everyone. And one of the ways that we see most often in Acts is... The disciples laid hands on people and they prayed for them. Um, and that's what we're going to do today. So now, a picture's worth a thousand words. I got more tricks here. Nope, I'm not drinking coffee today, but I could. I've already had a cup. All right, I don't know if everybody can see this or not, so maybe I'll, I'll move this a little closer. want to get the cords all right so i got a glass and i got a thermos see what this is what do you think's in here anybody gonna guess yeah milk nice see i'm learning i've done this before and the milk is warm and it just isn't as good warm you know so i kept it in the thermos let me pour out my milk so the milk and the glass is representing us right we're going to give the Holy Spirit as, as chocolate syrup. Right? How many of you want the Holy Spirit now, huh? Yeah, you want the Holy Spirit with some ice cream. I know what you're thinking. All right, so when, uh, you know what I got to do? I should have done this ahead of time. Holy Spirit won't come out if you don't take the, uh... <laughs> oh no, no, there wasn't a thing there. Look at that. That's why I got a napkin. All right, so we come to know Jesus. We invite him into our hearts. We believe in him with our heart. We, we say the prayer of salvation. 
Jesus comes in, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you know what? We receive, we receive the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus did when he breathed the Holy Spirit on them. Right? We're the milk. We've got, we've got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside of us. Now, when we come to the baptism in the Holy Spirit and we're going to pray and say, God, would you fill me? Would you immerse me in my power? This is what God does. He takes that and, man, he just, wow, all of a sudden, it changes us. Because when power fills us, it changes us. We're no longer just milk. Now, mm, we're chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah, we're really good. So this is what it looks like. Just as a very, I mean, no analogy is perfect, but it's the best way I can, I can talk to you about, all right, when we receive Jesus, we get the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he invades us, he changes us, he fills us with his power. So when we pray to receive the Holy Spirit, we're not coming to pray to receive, to, to, be, to have a prayer language. We're coming to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to have power in our lives. Does God move at times and give us a prayer language? Absolutely. I'd love if you do it for each one of you. I remember when I, when I got prayed to receive the Holy Spirit when I was younger. Um, I was prayed over by a woman at a prayer meeting, a charismatic prayer meeting that I was at. And she was an older woman and I was a young boy and I was trying to, to mimic what she was saying, to speak in tongues. And she's like, nope, honey, God's got a prayer language of your own. And, and for, for weeks and months I said, God, would you give me a prayer language of my own? Nothing. And then on my birthday, my 11th birthday, I'm praying before I go to bed. Now, what 11-year-old is praying about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that was me. I don't know why, but I'm praying about the Holy Spirit as I'm going to bed on my 11th birthday. And I'm like, God, I don't know if I'm ever going to speak in tongues, but I just want to let you know that I love you and I'm committing my life to you. And I roll over, and all of a sudden, I start speaking in tongues. It was the craziest thing. My spirit had always been praying, but now I could listen in. I could hear what, what God was saying. Um, so when we pray today, this is how we know that God answers our prayer. This is, what this, this is what the word of God says. And so I tell you, keep on asking. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone, to everyone who, who knocks, the door will be opened. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give you good gifts? No, it doesn't say that. How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So the Holy Spirit is something for us to, be, to, to desire, to keep on seeking, to keep on asking, to keep on knocking. And God's going to give us the Holy Spirit. So when we pray today, we know that God is a good Father. If we pray and say, Lord, Jesus, you're the one that baptizes people in the Holy Spirit. Last week, I was doing the baptizing. This week, it's Jesus. All right, so, I mean, who doesn't want to come and have Jesus baptize them in the Holy Spirit, right? But, but as you come and we pray, we pray in faith and we know that, all right, if we're asking God for, for a good gift, he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. We know that because we've got the confidence of his word. We also see this. Chris, could you come up and start to play? We also see this, that in Acts 4, this is... Period three, it's after Pentecost. This is going on in, in Acts. And Peter and John have just been arrested. It's a really tough time for the apostles. Finally, finally the, the high council released them, but they're rattled, right? And they, they get together with the other saints and they're praying a prayer and they're like, Lord, you hear the threats 
You know what they're saying about us. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word of God with boldness. See, they had received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. But they once again received the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time event. We need the power of God on a daily basis. So if you're here today, would you stand with me as we close in prayer? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I invite you to come forward as we close that you, someone will pray with you and, and say, a, say a prayer that you can invite Jesus into your heart. If you know Jesus and you've never been prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you to come down. The prayer team is going to be here. And I'm going to say, hey, we want to pray with you. It's not us. We'll, we'll say the prayer, but it's Jesus that baptizes people in the Holy Spirit. So we'll pray that prayer in faith with you. Um, if you're here and you've already been baptized in the Spirit, but you're like, you know what? I need more power. I, I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. We want to pray with you as well. So it's kind of like I'm, I'm saying anybody. Anybody want to come be prayed for? We want to pray with you. The prayer team will be here. So as I close in prayer, would you come now? Would you come uh, forward if you want to be prayed for? Prayer team, you can be here as well. Is there anyone that wants to be prayed for this morning? Feel free to come forward. Are you here to be prayed for? You can stay right there. That's good. Stay right there. Anyone want to join her? Thank you. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. Let's, let's all go to the God in prayer together. You can keep coming. I'm going to close the service here with a prayer, but, but we're going to take some time to minister to anyone that comes. So if you're coming forward for prayer, please stay until someone prays with you. Don't, don't close when, when my prayer is done. I want everyone that's here to be prayed for. All right, keep coming. Anyone else that wants to come? You want to be filled with God's power? you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, yeah, this is a time to come. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you, Jesus, are the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. God, we see that throughout Scripture. Lord, we need your power today. We need to be filled with all that you are, God, that we could be our witnesses, that we could live the life that you've called us to live, God. Lord, I pray for each one that's here as, as we pray over them, God, that you baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Fill them up to overflowing, God. Thank you, God, that you take that, that regular milk and you stir it up and make it chocolate milk this morning. So we trust you in that. Lord, I pray your blessing over each one that's here today. Thank you that they've come. Lord, I pray this message reside in our hearts, God, that each day to this week we'd be asking you, fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. Fill us with that prayer language that they can pray to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for, for moving in each one of our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're out there, you can be released up here. We're just going to spend some time uh, going to God in prayer. Thank you.